Holy God, we stand before you this morning. Ready, waiting for what you have for us. Who's ready to hear the word of God this morning? Who's excited about what they're going to hear? Because it reminds me, I love that song, but it always intrigues me about Christian songwriters. You know, build, bring your, build your strength. No, I can't remember. What's the first word? The bit just before it says, bring strength unto my feet. I'm thinking, just to get things to rhyme, they stick this word unto in it. What was the first word? Burn like a fire in me, bring strength unto my feet. I always think, why did they stick unto in there? Who uses unto anymore? But it, it, it makes it rhyme, you see. And the, and the only reason I bring that up is that your speaker for this morning is, is, is just such a person who will stick words in just to make things sound right. And so it's going to be an, an interesting morning. <laughs> so... Before I, before I get into any trouble, <laughs> I'd like you to welcome Pastor Vicky as she comes to bring us the Word of God this morning. Any, anyone who knows me knows I would never stick words in wherever or, or make up words or anything like that or... Or, or sing songs and not know the words, or you may be seated. I'm, I haven't even got time for pleasantries because we've got to get finished. So like Chris last week, I'm just going to get straight into it. Um, on January the 11th, 1838, Samuel Morse sent the first telegram in the United States across two miles of wire in New Jersey. While the telegram continued to gain momentum as a means of delivering messages, people became anxious of their arrival because they often contained messages of bad news. Did I not? You, you can. Thank you, Mike. I'm just, I'm just going and they're still trying to unplug. You would get messages saying a death has occurred, an accident has happened, a sickness has spread, a war has begun. Tragic news in short phrases is hard to receive. However, in 1933, the Western Union, the American Telegraph Company began offering singing telegrams. A death has occurred. <laughs> Sounds better, doesn't it, than a death? It somehow does. <laughs> as a way of making receiving messages more enjoyable and even fun. I'm not sure that that's a fun message. That wasn't a good example, but you get the picture. Suddenly receiving messages turned into something more exciting and popular. From that day forward, an entire industry was born that enabled messages to be sent and received with flair, fanfare, and even embarrassment at times. Well, God did not see fit to send a singing telegram to deliver his message of the coming Messiah. But Mary certainly would have described the angel's arrival as anything but ordinary or mundane. In Luke's gospel records, um, the unexpected message that the, the, was delivered by the angel Gabriel and that a young girl, Mary, 
of Nazareth was going to give birth to the Messiah, and that was anything but bad news. So this morning, our message is called A Call to Provide. We're going to look in Luke's Gospel, Luke 1, verse 26 to 38. Let's read that together first. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favoured one. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. And Chris talked about that last week. People used to say she was barren, but she, was con- but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. You know, all ground on earth is equal opportunity for God to do something great and to place a call to provide for the next part of his plan. No matter if you live in the city or in the country, you grew up on the right side of the tracks or the wrong side of the tracks. You earn a good income or you're below the poverty line. God knows where you are and how to send a message your way. And he is calling you this Christmas. Wherever you are this Christmas, God can use you to be part of his plan. You're never off the grid when it comes to God. He is aware of your whereabouts and his plans for you, regardless of where you've come from or where you live. The call of Christmas is a reminder that the Lord is with you. The call of Mary is the call to provide. Mary by herself cannot produce a son. But God could give her one whose name Jesus means God saves. This is the essence of the gospel. 
Humans cannot produce their own salvation, but God can and has chosen to accomplish it for all humanity. He just desired for the call of Christmas to come through the womb of a virgin from a remote country village. Mary's call was a call to provide what God had decided. She provided herself and God would do the rest. And sometimes we have to do exactly the same thing. God calls us to provide ourselves and he will do the rest. As Mary was processing the message from the angel, that certainly was no singing telegram. But she thought about it and asked a logical question. She knew that she had not been with Joseph yet or with any man in that regard. So how could she possibly conceive a child in her womb? Looking back in Luke 1 and verse 34, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. You know, that's not a statement of Mary's unbelief. It's a question that she's trying to understand. Sometimes we ask God the same questions. But God, I don't know how that could happen. And you know, not, God never gets frustrated with our honest questions. He actually invites us to be curious as we seek to understand who he is and what he wants to do with us and through our lives. Mary was going to have to trust God with some of the details. And sometimes we have to do the same. We have to just trust God with the details. We don't always know everything. Mary provided her life as ground to be claimed, developed and turned into a home base for the fulfilment of the promise to take place. It was a call to provide. And only God has the power to do it and make that promise come true. Mary had the opportunity to join God in the call of Christmas. As Gabriel the angel explained God's plan to Mary, she questions how. Luke 1 and verse 35, the angel replied, giving the answer, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. So Luke writes in that conversation, about the presence of the Holy Spirit. And the reason that that's so important is because the call of Christmas, the call for us to provide, is wrapped up in the activity and the working of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will come upon Mary and God's power is going to overshadow Mary in the process. The word overshadow in its original language carries a sense of the holy, powerful presence of God. 
The same meaning for that word is how the cloud that covered and overshadowed the tabernacle where the tent was filled with the glory of God in the Old Testament story in Exodus. In Exodus 40, verse 34 to 35, it says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The same imagery and feel from how the presence of God is described in the Old Testament is the same imagery and feel with the word overshadowed in the details of Gabriel's message to Mary. God's presence through his Holy Spirit is going to be thick and at work in such a way that it is clear that something holy is happening in the midst. You know, there are places on earth where the moment you walk into them, you get that sense that you're standing on holy ground. I don't know if any of you have ever been to any of the great temples in Europe. You can get that sense of awe and wonder and splendor of God that you're standing in something holy. Sometimes in church, during a church service, people can get teary for no apparent reason. The presence of God is real and thick and among us and doing something incredible. The overshadowing spirit not only protects but it also creates. The Holy Spirit will come upon Mary, enabling her to do and be more than she could by herself. God himself, the creator, will surround her completely with his sovereign power. God's power from outside and the indwelling of the Spirit within together results in things being done which would be unthinkable any other way. At the same time, God provides someone to walk alongside Mary during this unique calling in her life. God provided Elizabeth, as Chris spoke about last week, in his call to prepare to walk alongside Mary. In Luke 1, verse 36 and 37, it says, What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month, for the word of God will never fail. And do you know that God will also provide someone to walk alongside you as he calls you to walk through changing and challenging situations in your life? It's always better to walk through unique and challenging seasons in our life when we have someone by our side to help us through and help us experience the journey. God provides even the smallest detail. With God, nothing is impossible. He provides everything that we need. Luke 1, verse 37 to 38 for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
and the angel departed from her. The fact that nothing is impossible with God is one of the most hopeful statements that's found in the entire Bible. I want to ask you this morning, what is your impossible this Christmas that the Lord wants to remind you that it's not impossible with him? Is your impossible a situation at work, at school, or with your finances, your marriage, a strained relationship with your kids that seems to be all but lost? Is your impossible a slate of responsibilities that feels crippling and consuming? Is your impossible a never-ending debt that seems to soak up everything and leaves you with very little to live on without taking on more debt? What if your call of Christmas is a reminder that nothing is impossible when the Saviour is on the scene? What if your call is a call to provide space to take up for, the, for God to take up residence within your life and begin to work? What if God wants you to provide ground in your life that can be overshadowed by him as the Holy Spirit goes to work on you, in you, and through your life circumstances? You know, the process may be painful, but necessary for something new to be created. It may require counselling. It may include a total budget rework. Who's done those before? It may be cause for confession and a request for forgiveness. But whatever God leads you to do in your impossible, know that you will not be asked to walk it alone. He will provide someone to walk with you, and he is always with you. He is Jesus, the Lord of salvation. All you need to do is provide space for the Spirit of God in your life to take up residence and do a new work in you. Mary did, and her call for Christmas was to provide a whole new I'm getting the wrong word. I'm going to make up a word now. <laughs> to, to provide her womb to grow a child. Are you ready this morning to answer God's call this Christmas? To provide space in your life for the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. I'm just going to invite you to stand right now. Maybe as I've been talking this morning, some of you have been thinking there's some things that you need to fix or change or get right. And God's been calling you to make space to do that. Others of you may realize that you need to be filled again with the Holy Spirit in a new way. 
filled with courage, filled with strength, filled with supernatural ability to do some of the things God's speaking to your heart. I'm going to invite you this morning, if that's you, I want you to come down the front and we're just going to pray together. So why don't you just come right now and allow the Holy Spirit to fill you this morning or to clarify those things that the Lord is speaking to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Just stretch out your hands to him. Just begin to wait on the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that in this season you're calling us into a new place. You're calling us to be and to do some things that maybe we've shied away from in the past. Lord, fill us afresh this morning with your presence, the mighty presence of the Holy Spirit, to guide us, to teach us, to walk with us, and Father, I thank you that you're providing also someone to walk alongside us in this time. Someone to stand with. Someone to understand. Someone to help. Someone to cry with. Someone to laugh with. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to lay hands on each of you. Just before we finish, you can be seated. You know, maybe there's some people here this morning that don't have a relationship with God, that have never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, but maybe this morning. You want to start that journey. Maybe you know about God, but you don't actually know God. Every week we give people an opportunity to respond, to invite Jesus to be their friend, their Lord, their Saviour. This morning I can do that by introducing you to him by the way of a short prayer, which we can all pray together. Or maybe maybe you're just not sure this morning if you died tonight that you would go to heaven and you just want that assurance. You can receive that this morning. In a moment I'm going to ask you to put up your hand to respond if you haven't done that before, if you have not invited Jesus into your life, 
or you want to do that again because maybe you've walked away. We can do that together. Maybe right now your heart's beating really fast and your head's spinning. That's the power and the presence of God just speaking to you right now, just encouraging you to take that step. Can I just have every eye closed, every head bowed, so there's no looking around? I ask you this morning if you've never asked Jesus into your life or you've done it before and you want to come back, can you just raise your hand this morning nice and high so that I can see it and we can do that together? I'll just give you a moment. Just raise it nice and high so I can see it. Okay, you can open your eyes. I think we might just sing that song one more time, Jordan. Breathe. Just ask the band to come as we close. <laughs>